Welcome back to Night School, episode 19, Song of Myself, episode 17. Back with me, my esteemed colleague, Mr. Wesley Chance. Welcome back, sir. Hey, good to be back. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. How are you today? I'm good. This is, uh, this is a late night episode of Night School here. Let's see how it goes. Yeah, I appreciate you meeting me this late. Since I, uh, I, you know, I'm off school for this Thanksgiving holiday week, and I know you're not, so I'm sorry. Uh, but but it, it's kind of fun for me to be doing this sort of thing late. I'm sort of mentally fresh and ready. Yeah, I'm not, but we'll try it. We'll give it a go. All right, and so we're up to 44 of 52, and I've got the. Uh, I believe I've got the evens. You've got the odds. Mm-hmm. It is time. To explain myself, let us stand up. What is known, I strip away. I launch all men and women forward with me into the unknown. The clock indicates the moment, but what does eternity indicate? We have thus far exhausted trillions of winters and summers. There are trillions ahead and trillions ahead of them. Births have brought us richness and variety, and other births will bring us richness and variety. I do not call one greater and one smaller. That which fills its period and place is equal to any. Were mankind murderous or jealous upon you, my brother, my sister? I am sorry for you. They are not murderous or jealous upon me. All has been gentle with me. I keep no account with lamentation. What have I to do with lamentation? I'm an acme of things accomplished. I'm an encloser of things to be. My feet strike an apex of the apices of the stairs. On every step, bunches of ages and larger bunches between the steps. All below duly traveled, and still I mount and mount. Rise after rise, bow the phantoms behind me. Afar down, I see the huge first nothing. I know I was even there. I waited unseen and always, and slept through the lethargic mist. It took my time, and took no hurt from the fetid carbon. Long I was hugged close, long and long. Immense have been the preparations for me, faithful and friendly the arms that have helped me. Cycles ferried my cradle, rowing and rowing like cheerful boatmen. For room to me, stars kept aside in their own rings. They sent influences to look after what was to hold me. Before I was born, out of my mother generations guided me. My embryo has never been torpid. Nothing could overlay it. For it, the nebula, cohered to an orb. The long, slow strata piled to rest it on. Vast vegetables gave it sustenance. Monstrous sauroids transported it in their mouths and deposited it with care. All forces have been steadily employed to complete and delight me. Now on this spot I stand with my robust soul. Wow. Yeah. Uh, he, is, um, he is the purpose of existence is kind of the gist of this, uh, sounds like to me. Um, to explain himself entails apparently explaining the entire cosmological process or something like exactly. that, right? Uh, <laughs> and do you see a Darwinian 
Yeah, a little a bit. strain going through it too. I wonder, as if uh, it has been selection or evolution, which has been leading up to that, which he is, uh, and but that interplayed also with like sort of this religious language of the last word God or soul. Sorry, soul. Yeah, I I guess that Darwin's theory would have been a relatively new and exciting thing at at that time. Um, but I know that, you know, the geological and biological sciences had been kind of uh, a big deal right around then. So um, I'm, I'm sure that he was drawing on some of the science that was coming out. And um, yeah, clearly he's very steeped in uh, mythology and religion. And so he's drawing on all that too. And uh, he's, you know, really feeling his own uh, expressive powers at this point. Um, he's, you know, way into the poem. And so a lot of this sounds, you know, quintessentially um, Whitman-y, um, I guess, like the kinds of repetitions that he's using here, the kinds of um, uh, antitheses, right, between the clock and the moment versus eternity, um, the, the counterparts of um, known and unknown, Right. And the verbs that he uses for those are really interesting, right? That he wants to, uh, to explain, to stand up, to strip away the known and then launch everyone with him into the unknown. And that gets capitalized as does, um, the nothing. I found that nothing pretty interesting, right? Afar down, I see the huge first nothing. I know I was even there. Um, so there's, there's a kind of, I guess connection made there between the unknown and the first nothing, right? The um, the beginning, I guess you could say, or that from which every known thing is is brought into being, right? And and so he's really he's really in, inquiring um, into the again like the limits of knowledge or like what he can say, but in this case he's. Pretty, he seems quite confident that he can say so much, but that he can sort of point towards, uh, effectively point towards all of that, which is beyond it, right? The, the unknown, the nothing. He can sort of encapsulate those and um, do, like describe them uh, with sufficient accuracy to, to, you know, content himself, it seems like, because in some sense he contains them like that seems to be his whole um his whole stand here his whole statement uh that all of the things the nebulae the vegetables the soroids <laughs> all the extinct uh animals and um everything has has uh sort of reached its uh its culmination in him in this moment right on this spot with his robust soul which is I really liked also that parenthetical question. Um, it's a repetition too. What have I to do with lamentation? I mean, there's there's something rhetorical about that, but we have heard him, you know, lamenting. And so in a way he's kind of like commenting on his own poem as he as he does from time to time. So there's 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 kind of a real question mark on that, um, which we've we've discussed a bit, but uh but yeah, I think this one is uh is a a lovely and um 
forceful uh, restatement of a lot of what we've been looking at. So I, I guess that's what I'm seeing from it. If you want to say a little bit, but um, I don't know if we've got time to do. Yeah, we should be able to do one more. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, just one one additional thing I would say is he seems to be making finally a very interesting comment on what a human is. All that which has been and all that which is and all that which can be in the form of potential because he makes the distinction between him being not only, you know, the immense and that which has been prepared for him. So, you know, that's history, but also, and I might not see it right now. He talks about that he is not only what he has accomplished, I believe was the word that he used, but also what he, what he will do. Ah, yes. I am an acme of things accomplished and an encloser of things to be. So there's uh, this aspect of time to a human <clears throat> and that a human, in some way, all things that have ever been are a part of what a human is, but also all things that will be in the future. And so in a way, the human is like sort of, I don't know, the carrier of the divine consciousness or something. And I don't know, it seems almost as if what's cycling through there is sort of a Darwinian notion about something selecting throughout all time in order to produce itself. And he continues to use this word soul while also sort of mentioning these Lamarckian and Darwinian, you know, sort of concepts of sort of nature leading in a direction towards, you know, uh, you know, a human. And so it, it's very interesting, again, seeing him sort of, I, I'm not sure if he's trying to syncretically or in a consilience way, bring those two vocabularies together or whether he's trying to tease on the fact that he's using both of those or whether I'm just seeing things. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, he does use like cycles. That's, that's pretty classical astronomical term there. Um, I, I guess I don't, I don't see any evidence that's too like, directly evocative of evolution per se uh but i guess i'm not really sure it, it, to me it sounds like he's yeah drawing on astronomy and different i guess scientific discoveries and um, theories and things but mostly placing it in this um framework of uh uh his own life, you know, his own existence and being. Uh, okay, well, I guess what these bunches of ages, larger bunches between the steps, and then rise after rise, bow the phantoms behind me, uh, I awaited unseen and always. It, it does seem as if he's being birth, birthed throughout history, and immense have been the preparations for him, faithful and friendly. And so when I see cycles here, I think about the scope of time that's evoked by the, the stars. So when I mentioned evolution, I mentioned something like the presence of him has been produced by the length of time that the universe has existed, which seems to be what he's mentioning, which almost suggests a teleology to the reading. Um, though, you know, he seems to also be suggesting a naturalism too. I just don't know how those stand side by side, but I think, I also think that he thinks that they do. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, right. From his point of view, the purpose is pretty clear. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, 
so 45, uh, O span of youth, ever pushed elasticity, O manhood, balanced, florid and full, my lovers suffocate me, crowding my lips, thick in the pores of my skin, jostling me through streets and public halls, coming naked to me at night, crying by day, ahoy, from the rocks of the river, swinging and chirping over my head, calling my name from flower beds, vines, tangled underbrush, lighting on every moment of my life, bussing my body with soft balsamic buses, noiselessly past be mine. Old age superbly rising, O oh, welcome, ineffable grace of dying days. Every condition promulges not only itself, it promulges what grows after and out of itself, and the dark hush promulges as much as any. I open my scuttle at night and see the far sprinkled systems, and all I see multiplied as high as I can cipher, edge but the rim of the further systems. Wilder and sorry, wider and wider they spread, expanding, always expanding, outward and outward and forever outward. My son has his son, and round him obediently wheels. He joins with his partners a group of superior circuit, and greater sets follow, making specks of the greatest inside them. There is no stoppage, and never can be stoppage, if I, you, and the worlds, and all beneath or upon their surfaces, were this moment reduced back to a pallid float, it would not avail in the long run. We should surely bring up again where we now stand, and surely go as much farther, and then farther and farther. A few quadrillions of errors, a few octillions of cubic leagues, do not hazard the span or make it impatient. They are but parts. Anything is but a part. See ever so far. There is limitless space outside of that. Count ever so much, there is limitless time around that. My rendezvous is appointed. It is certain. The Lord will be there and wait till I come on perfect terms. The great camarado, the lover true for whom I pine, will be there. All right. So just to start with the second part of this. First part is uh, very interesting, um, uh, but I, I'll, I'll take it second. Um, the, the second half starting with there is no stoppage and never can be stoppage and a few quadrillion of errors seems to be a continuation of the, the most recent part and the sort of extension of the poem in, insofar as there is extension in human thought, which in our age has actually been extended to physical motion, which is extending our thought into the stars, right? Into the ethereum, into eternity, into the great principles of all things. And there have been occasional moments in this poem when Whitman has left sort of his mundane imagery of like talking about like poop or beetles or sex imagery or, you know, like stallions running to talk about the great principles of, that hold all things together. And so, again, like you brought up in the last part, this seems to be him attempting the, you know, sort of tour de force level work, like uh, the gold that we've all been waiting for. And he makes his comment on the fact that, well, he seems to, you know, understand before even the physicists understood the expanding universe theory, wider and wider they spread, expanding, always expanding outward and outward and forever outward. It's if what the universe is, is information. And 
it's sort of an infinite amount that's infinitely growing and that what we are is a perspective that can embody some amount of it, but there will never, our perspective will never ever be full or complete, but that that must be a good thing to some extent. It, it strikes me as like the kind of Christian saying, my cup overfloweth. There is no stoppage, never can be stoppage. Uh, and we get this sort of world cosmic, beyond world cosmic imagery too, to sort of like these big times, like the Platonic or the Hindu year, right? Which is like 25,000 years long, which is, you know, the sort of thinking that can make you become a nihilist, right? When you're like, well, well, what, what does it matter if I do this good or bad thing now, if the world's just going to be eaten by the sun in 10 million years? Um, but that even being able to go that far with your thought, that that is not the appropriate lesson to have learned from the scope of your thought. But the reason you can think that far and in that, uh, to that level of abstraction is to understand just how partial your ability to represent the world is, not, not to give you an excuse for poor action within the world, right? Um, even though uh, I think he says just a little bit above, I can't remember whether it was in this part or just in the last, that he does not judge. Um, but yeah, 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 yeah. So, I, and I said I was going to say something about the first part, but Maybe you have something to say about it. I see all those O's in there in a biblical way, but um, I don't know. It's very different. Uh, it's very, I would say, Whitman-esque in a way different from how the part, the, the former part is Whitman-esque. Um, it's a, a quick transition to something odd and different. Also with, again, some sort of like sensual imagery. Talking right. about and skin and naked at night. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what I was picking up was how he starts out with youth and his lovers and then he passes over to old age hmm. and that he welcomes that too. And so it's like the sense I get is that he, as much as he is a sort of culmination of everything that's come so far, he sees himself as only a, a temporary or contingent culmination, right? There's going to be further developments that go beyond him and so that's what i take to be like the the um the multiplication that goes beyond what he can um sort of as he says cipher right everything he can number and count is only a small part and it's going to exceed him and it's going to go beyond him and he sort of revels in that um no stoppage right never can be and i think yeah to your point about the possibility of nihilism is there, but he pretty robustly denies that, right? Because he's like, it's it's not that it doesn't matter at all if like we were all reduced back to a pallid float, right? That wouldn't that that not mattering wouldn't matter, right? Because we it would fetch us back up again, right? The um the generations would come back around in enough time, right? He has this kind of uh ultimately very very optimistic and hopeful attitude that comes out in the end there that the the lover true right the lord and the great camarado i take that to mean just like companion or or you know something like that i guess um for whom he pines so there's like this thing that whitman longs for that isn't uh quite encompassed by him yet that's beyond him and uh, that is 
or rather of which he is but a part, but which um, considers him a, an integral part and is waiting for him and is like um, beckoning to him and that he, he believes he's going to reach. It's, uh, it's extremely hopeful. And uh, yeah, the furthest thing from, from despair. It's um, very stirring. You know, it's incredible. It reminds me quite a bit of Dante's Purgatorio, this part and the former one, just in um, A, the idea of pining for that which is beloved and that being the Lord or that which is the positive aspect of the unknown towards which one strives on the Purgatorio. And um, uh, also the use of astronomical imagery, right? That's something Dante is very famous for, especially in the Purgatorio, uh, which is, of course, the the place of orientation in space and time. And so all of a sudden the length of your shadow and the place of the stars in the heavens matter because where you are in relation to where you're going all of a sudden matters. And that seems to be something he's doing here, orienting himself in the tradition, sort of setting himself as a constellation in the sky. And um, um, he also seems to mention when he talks about the stars and Forty-five that they have some effect, but not full effect. They sent influence it is to look after what was to hold me, um, but that um, it, again, there's that interplay of nature or temperament being there, um, some sort of determinism from the beginning of time. But that um, there, there's more to a human than that. I think he's suggesting too that there's also sort of a consciousness. There's a second effect moving there at the same time. And that's also why he's using these two strains of language, the naturalistic as well as the sort of um, Christian, you know, the Lord and this rendezvous, the second coming idea. Um, the great camarado, like, doesn't camar mean like to share the same, like ca comrade or camaraderie mean to share the same room, like camera? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, that seems right. And so the person or the thing that's always present where you are, is the comrade or the camarado. And so it's like, it's the thing you don't notice, but the thing which notices things, which has to be there in order for anything to be there in the first place. And that's what the golden snitch is. And that's what the consciousness is. And that's what he's trying to show, but which he can never show here in this poem, right? Because this is only evidence of consciousness having existed, but it becomes evidence that consciousness does exist when attention is actually drawn to it in the moment of. So like what we're doing in this moment, but by the time people listen to it, we'll no longer be doing, but they will be doing that. Yeah, it's it's a kind of incantation in that way, right? It yes. uh, has it has a kind of effect simply by being um, spoken, thought, uh, contemplated. Um, yeah, he's, he's making that bid for, uh, for epic stature, certainly, certainly. Um, and again, I, I find the, uh, the form with, with kind of respect to Dante, right? he's got that very strict terza rima. He's very conscious of like his numbers and his syllables and all that good stuff. So what Whitman's doing here is um, carrying on in one sense, but also radically changing in terms of style, uh, and his um, his actual poetic line and stanzaic structure, uh, like it it seems like it's like as we said, like, sort of fitted to the the sense of what he's saying. So he'll have these kind of couplets 
they'll have these longer sets of lines grouped together and then have single lines off on their own. Um, and they'll be like long and, and very long and they'll run over the length, like the width of any possible piece of paper, right? <laughs> so that you just sort of like run out of breath by the time you've said them, but they, but they carry you along with this kind of surge of energy. Um, it's just, it's just remarkable. I think as a, as a person reading it, you can't help but be sort of inspired um, to, to enact or embody in some sense the, the kinds of things he's describing. Breathless like our landscapes, whereas Dante's very Roman in his ordering, Whitman is very American in the liberties that he takes. And so I suppose the, the coming is always stamped by the time and convention of the time to some extent. And uh, that's actually what, what potentially is most valuable about it, right? That you can't separate the, the tailor from the clothes he makes. Uh, or the tool, the tool maker from the tools present at his time. That's where you extract the principles from which he makes them and deduce whether he was a master or not. Not, not how far along the, the science was at that particular moment. And so this is how Whitman's going to do it. <laughs> yeah. And like, in some sense, this, when he sees the far sprinkled systems, um, we see probably most of us see less of the stars than he could, um, right. depending on where we're living and, and even just like metaphorically, right? Like when you look up there, I don't know. I just, I don't know my astronomy that well. <laughs> like, I, I don't think I'm seeing what he saw. Um, but maybe by reading this, I, I couldn't begin to um, see better, I, I suppose. Yes. Yes. Almost as if somebody guiding your attention uh, is not an act of enslaving you, but of rather of liberating you because it shows you something more which is there which you would not notice because there are infinite things to notice always. And you have to notice something one at a time almost in order to see anything at all and so it's like he's expanding our minds by showing us the details and suggesting that the details make up everything that are but that you have to have your attention guided to what the details actually are they yeah. go from worm to star <laughs> yeah a great teacher here yes. in night school Yes. Yes. Well, very thankful for, for the teachers we've gotten to talk about. Well, uh, Wes, I thought this was a good night school. We're, we're working on this Thanksgiving week and we're trying to get some stuff out to people. And I appreciate you, you coming on and being flexible and doing a late, late night school. And I'm sure the listeners all very much appreciate this as well. Um, we're pretty much staying on schedule and we're keeping pumping things out. And, uh, well, uh, anything, anything else we should say before we should go? Uh, well, no, just that we're, we're closing in on the end of this one, but we have some thoughts for what we're doing next, and we do have some special stuff planned for the holidays, uh, for the Christmas time and whatnot. So, yeah, just keep, keep tuned in and um, enjoying the, uh, the experience. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, well, more coming soon. Thank you. Thank you, Wes. Okay, have a good one. You too.